Hi everyone, this is the Supported Sobriety Podcast. I'm Matt, and I'm in recovery from an addiction to pornography. And I'm Katie, and I've been married to Matt and supporting him in his addiction for four years. We created this podcast to bring hope, healing, and greater understanding to both men struggling with pornography addiction and women who support someone struggling with an addiction. I upload episodes for men with pornography addictions. And I upload episodes for the women who are supporting their loved one. We share real stories from members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but anyone is welcome to listen, and we believe everyone can benefit from finding peace through Jesus Christ. We hope that this podcast can bring you closer to Jesus Christ and help you on your journey of recovery and healing. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Supported Sobriety. Hey everyone, I am really excited to share this episode with you all today. This is a really great interview. I was able to interview one of my friends named Belle, and she and I met a few years ago at one of the 12-step meetings, and I have always admired her for so many different reasons. But one of the things that I think when I think about Belle is how resilient she is. You'll see in this interview, she talks about a lot of different experiences that she's had where a lot of different obstacles have come her way. She talks about even having to postpone her wedding with her husband due to his addiction and other circumstances. And you'll just see how courageous she is and how much faith she has. I just really, really admire her, and I know you will all love this interview. So here's Belle. Thanks so much for coming on, Belle. Yeah, thanks for having me. Why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and about your family? So me and my husband have been married for about two years. Um, We're both from Utah, just kind of local (laughs) and... Um, we met in college um, we went to social dancing and he asked me to dance and Fun. thought I'm cute enough to ask for my number. Oh, and cute. I was kind of like, okay, like maybe this guy will text me. Maybe he won't like, yeah. I'll probably never see him again. And he did. He asked me out and we were just together from the first date and we hit it off and we're practically inseparable from that point. Oh, so, so sweet. Um, we just had our first baby little girl um, in September so that's been its own adventure oh yeah bad very exciting we love her so much she's starting to roll over and be a little more mobile we've gotten her to smile and giggle a few times so definitely hitting some rewarding milestones oh for sure yeah those are the best my son, I don't know if I told you this, but I had a baby about three months ago. So we have two yeah. now, two boys. Yeah. So my son is kind of starting to like smile and coo and like be more interactive with us and stuff. It's really cute. We've yeah, so they're like right in that same ballpark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So how has your adjustment been to being a mom? I know it can be kind of intense, like especially with your first and you're just trying to figure everything out. How has it been for you? Yeah, it's been a wild ride. I feel like a roller coaster is definitely an accurate description. And I think being a mom, you kind of anticipate what that's like. Mm -hmm. For me, you know, being a little girl, I always wanted to be a mom. That was like the the goal, the target. That was uh the career for me. And so there were things that I anticipated being fun and exciting and not so fun. Uh (laughs) Um it's interesting how 
becoming a mom is all those things I expected and so much more on Uh both of the spectrum. So we have a lot of fun time playing and wiggling and cuddling. And there's been days I break down and cry. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I feel lucky that, you know, I support um, James with his addiction, but him and our family has been a great support system to me is like, oh yeah, I'm learning to become a mother, uh-huh. <laughs> making sure I'm okay and that I have help. And so I think it's been really good. Still have a long ways to go. We're trying to work on sleep and naps recently. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. hopefully things just keep getting better and better as we go along. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. Well, it seems like you guys are doing such a great job. And I mean, I don't know you super well, but I just know that you're an amazing mom. You can already tell that you just love her so much. And I know you guys are just such good parents. I was going to say that my, yeah, like my little baby is in the same boat too. So we're kind of doing the whole three to four month baby thing together. And (laughs) it's a roller coaster, even with our second. So yeah, but it seems like you guys are doing so great. So I'm really happy for you. So tell me, you, you mentioned that you are a support person for your husband and his addiction. Why don't you start telling me about that story, like in terms of his addiction and stuff. So you guys met and started dating really quickly. It sounds like you just hit it off really quickly. When did you hear about his addiction? When did he talk to you about that? How did that go? So pretty early on when we were dating, mm-hmm. kind of whirlwind, getting into our relationship, um, we had kind of a deep talk yeah. and he confided in me that he'd had this addiction, this problem since he was kind of tween, teenage. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been a longstanding thing. And at that point he was doing all right in his recovery. So it was more of just kind of, Hey, I want you to be aware of this. I, mm-hmm. I care about you. And I think you should know about this. And yeah. I've had a couple guys I dated who had struggled with addiction to pornography. So I think it's kind of a common thing that yeah. a lot of times it's very vulnerable and mm-hmm. it's a very serious thing to have in your life. So I've had a lot of the people that I've known kind of brace themselves when they tell me yeah. that news that I'm going to say, Oh, okay. Bye. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not cool. I don't want, I don't want that. And so I think he was really kind of amazed that I was like, like, okay. You're like, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, We all have struggles, right? Uh (laughs) So I did know pretty early on. Um, and then as we went along dating, he kind of kept me in the loop Um, He would talk to me just a little bit. Um, So I still kind of had a superficial knowledge of what it really meant to have Mm -hmm. an addiction and to deal with pornography. Because you probably weren't talking about it like in very much detail, right? Like, because you were only dating, wasn't super serious yet. So he probably didn't disclose too much stuff to you yet, right? Yeah. And he would kind of, he would keep me in the loop, like when he would have a relapse or when he would struggle. So I kind of mm-hmm. started to pick up on some of his triggers. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really have the vocabulary to know that w- that's what that was. Right. But yeah, of course. I knew, you know, if he stayed up half the night playing a video game, like he'd usually tell me, oh yeah, like, and then I had a relapse and I feel uh-huh. pretty crummy and yeah, <laughs> but that's kind of all it was. And I was just kind of like, okay, like this is a thing, mm-hmm. like do better. Like 
you're still great. Like you can yeah. still work on this, you know, yeah. tried to be like encouraging, but uh-huh. again, Did like, it... sorry, go ahead. Oh, it just didn't have, you know, that depth, you know, right. I didn't have very many details either way. Right. I was just going to ask you, so it kind of sounds like it didn't affect you too much. Like it wasn't like, it was like this emotional thing for you at this point, just kind of like, oh yeah, like, thanks for telling me. And then you kind of move on. Yeah. Yeah. When we were dating, it was kind of more of a, oh, wow. Like you trust Mm -hmm. me. You were vulnerable with me about this hard part in your life. And like I said, I dated guys who had struggled with it before And so it was kind of like, oh yeah, kind of that thought of, well, yeah, like every guy like has struggles with pornography Mm -hmm. to some degree or another, like you're just a guy. Right. Yeah. So, and then as we started talking about getting married and got engaged, that's when I think I started my own kind of journey with it. And I did start to feel the emotions tied to it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it was something I had to kind of consider like because he wasn't doing the greatest in his recovery at that point. Mm-hmm. Not at that point, I really realized kind of any perspective <laughs> on how doing well or doing poorly would look. Yeah. But it was one of those where he was having relapses. He was working on things. Um, so I was kind of like, well, am I okay? You know, having this as a quality in my husband wanting to move right. forward. And I did. Um, And that's where, as I started feeling the emotions tied to being a support person and to having your spouse um, through an addiction, um, he really pushed for us to go to a group recovery meeting. Mm -hmm. And I was a little apprehensive. I didn't really know what to expect. It felt weird. You know, I'm thinking about the stereotypical, like, AA meetings that you see uh on TV or in movies where they're all like hi, I'm Bob. Hi, Bob. (laughs) Uh It's just like, that's weird. Like, what are we doing? And he actually found the meeting and it was, um, the meeting that I met you at where Mm -hmm. it was four couples. Yeah. And he went by himself (laughs) the first time. And I was like, yeah, like you go, like, I don't, I don't know that I really want to go. I don't know. Yeah. Comfortable with that. And he, call I think he called me after the meeting Mm -hmm. and he was so excited he was like this group is absolutely amazing he was like I've been to support groups and 12-step meetings before but the spirit and the people were just so awesome Mm -hmm. all these people were like talking about like getting my number and they're gonna go do like a bonfire and like make s'mores (laughs) and we could go with them and it seems so cool and so friendly and loving and he just was blown away by the atmosphere in that That is so sweet and I just love that James was I don't know I feel like at least for me and my husband like I felt like I was the one that was pushing him for so long to go to the meetings and from what I've heard from other women and their husbands and stuff or their um, boyfriends or whatever it is it's usually like the woman that's pushing them to go and like they don't want to go so like that is just so amazing that James felt that in him, like that he wanted to go himself and that he went by himself even like the first time, you know, I just think that shows what an amazing man that he is and what an amazing character that he has. That's so cool that he was like wanting to do that for himself and for your relationship. 
Yeah, it's always been something that he has struggled, but he he's always been willing to put in the work, mm-hmm. which I think made it easier for me to say, yes, I, I love you and I can in good conscience make this choice to right. marry you. Yeah. And, you know, have that relationship because yeah. even though he's not perfect mm-hmm. and he'll probably never be perfect, it's okay because I know he's always going to be trying. Right. He's always going to put in the work. Yeah. And it might, it might've looked different to you if he wasn't putting in the work or he wasn't doing those things. And maybe you would have questioned it more or not felt good about going through with your engagement or whatever. So that's so great that you saw that in him and that he was willing to show that part of himself to you, you know, and that he was willing to put in that effort. That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that he loved the meeting too. I'm so glad that it was a good experience for him. And then he brought you. So then we can yeah. <laughs> yeah. So his glowing review made it a little bit easier for me to come. Yeah. I was like, okay, if it was so awesome and you're so excited, then I guess it would probably be okay if I go. <laughs> so we went together and my first meeting was a little bit intimidating mm-hmm. because there is kind of a structure to meetings and that, you know, people had been going there for a matter of weeks or months or yeah. there's the facilitators who are like oh yeah I'm like five years in recovery and I'm mm-hmm. like okay <laughs> um but it was really awesome because the way that these support groups are set up like you don't have to wonder what to do mm-hmm. because they're like oh yeah like here like this is you know we're gonna read through the manual and we're gonna just take turns reading a paragraph at a time or now we're gonna share and this mm-hmm. is kind of an example of how we do things when we share. And if at any time you don't want to read, you don't want to share, you don't want to, you know, you just kind of want to sit there and be invisible for a little bit. Like just say that you pass and that's fine. And I definitely did. The first (laughs) few times I went, it came to sharing time and I was like, hi, I'm Belle. I'm going to pass. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. So many people do that and it's just fine. You know, like, I mean, I've done that several times and it just works. That's how the meetings go. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. So started going to meetings, definitely started feeling more and more comfortable just with the format and the atmosphere really quickly. And were you guys um, engaged at this point? Um, I think we or started dating. I think we started when we were still dating, but okay. very, very shortly after we started coming to meetings, we got engaged. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we got engaged a little bit after we had started coming to meetings, and that was really fortunate for me, because kind of dating was the phase one where I had very low, like, effect on my emotions, Mm -hmm. and then once we got engaged, it was like, oh, okay, this does affect me. Yeah. I'm feeling different emotions. I'm feeling things with my trust and vulnerability Mm -hmm. and all those things. And so I was very fortunate that we were already coming to the group. So as I encountered those things, I had this wonderful support system of people who really got it and some women who would share during meetings and they were able to express feelings that I hadn't even articulated yet, Uh but I could pick up on and be like, yes like that's how I feel that's it 
And as I now know what I'm feeling, you're also giving suggestions of how you work through it and how you deal with it. And that was so nice because then Uh I could take those things in stride and implement them from the beginning. Yeah, for sure. So what made it different? So when you were dating, you were saying it didn't really affect you too much. You get engaged, it starts affecting you more. Kind of tell me what made that different? Like why did, why was it all of a sudden changed? Was it just because you were engaged or what other factors played into that? And what kind of things were you feeling? Yeah, I think it changed a lot because our relationship was changing mm-hmm. and because this was a transition from, oh, James has this problem. He's working on this. This is his life mm-hmm. to this is going to be our life. Right. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Anticipating, you know, that it would be affecting me and it would be affecting our kids and Mm -hmm. I wanted kids so bad. And I knew he wanted kids and, and I knew that these things were coming and it was like, oh my goodness, like, is this going to be hard? Am I going to have to work in my marriage? (laughs) Like what? Because of course, when you're engaged, you're all cute and you're like, oh, marriage won't be work. It'll just be a party. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So I think, yeah, it was just kind of the seriousness and the joining it to me and my mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And I feel like after we got married, I was anticipating it to be pretty similar, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, like this is our life. I've already felt some of the pains that come from this. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like even being married, it it took it to a new level. Yeah. And I don't think I was expecting that either. (laughs) Yeah. Well, being married, you start becoming intimate with each other in different ways. Right. So then it makes it even more, it makes it even more of a big deal and you have even more emotions and more vulnerabilities and it makes it even more intense, which you might not realize beforehand, like you're saying. Yeah. So it's just a whole different level of trust Mm -hmm. that gets violated and to be rebuilt and Mm -hmm. forgiven. And I think it was interesting too, because um, we talked a little bit before recording, but our wedding had some complications because of his addiction. Um, So (laughs) we were getting ready to go through the temple and be married in the temple. And right before James had his temple recommend interview, he had a relapse. So I didn't know about it. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we go to this huge stake interview. We're, you know, college town. So all the college kids interview right at the end of the semester, Mm because we're all getting married over the (laughs) break. And And so I go with him just to be a support. And he goes back to have his interview and he comes back and says, I I need you to come with me. Like they want to talk to both of us. Mm -hmm. So it's in this meeting with one of the stake presidency that I find out that he'd had a relapse Mm. and they were like, so we want you guys to be able to get married. We want you to be able to work through this. You've got a few weeks so we can go ahead and set up more meetings kind of keep pace with you and see Mm -hmm. if James can go through the repentance process and be where he needs to be to go through the temple and to make those covenants with you by the date that you chose. Mm -hmm. So we were like, okay. And that was really hard because up until that point, 
yeah, like I'd been affected and I'd felt emotions tied to him having this addiction and to having relapses, but I don't think I'd really faced any like consequences yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. So here was our first big consequence that his addiction directly affected something that we could not control. Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, do we want to try? Do we need to cancel our whole wedding? What do we want to do? Yeah. And so we kind of said, you know what, we're going to pray <laughs> and we're going to work really hard. I, I kind of had to ask James, I was like, are you going to work on this? Are you going to give yeah. it your all so that yeah. we can get married as mm-hmm. we plan? I was like, that's not something that I can control. It's not something that I can really do. It was all on him. I said, will you do that? And he, he made a promise to me that he was going to do everything he could mm-hmm. so that we could go through the temple and get married. So <laughs> we went and we had meetings with his bishop and with the stake president and kind of we're trucking along everything, you know, hopefully we're going to just have all of our wedding plans go as anticipated. Mm-hmm. And we were originally planning to get married on like December 27th. Mm-hmm. So two days after Christmas. <laughs> so two days before Christmas was his last interview where we were expecting everything to get signed off, get the final go ahead. We were going to be in the clear. Yeah. And we went into that meeting and his stake president said, you know what? I don't think you're ready. I, I don't feel like you've done the work that you needed to do. Um, and so I'm going to have to say no. And my world just crashed. Oh, I bet. Yeah. That was so hard. And it hurt so much that, that nothing I could have done or said could have changed it. Um, I was like, what are we going to do? You know, we've got family, we've got friends, like everyone's Mm -hmm. planning on this. And this is two days before Christmas. So it was four days before your wedding. Yeah. Right. You know, it's all just such a short time frame. So, (laughs) and of course we were going home to spend time with family for Christmas. (laughs) So we kind of had to decide, you know, what are we going to do? Yeah. Cause I'm sure you just didn't see that coming. Right. Because he had been doing all the stuff you had been doing all the things to get to your goal of getting married on the 27th. And then that priesthood leader kind of said, no, And that probably, you probably just weren't expecting that to even happen, right? Yeah. And we were both thinking like, oh, look, we're going to exercise faith. Yeah. We just give like full confidence here, all the faith, it'll work out. Mm -hmm. And it didn't. And (laughs) his parents knew about his addiction. And I had told my parents a little bit beforehand. And I was really nervous about that because Mm -hmm. I was like, I'd rather they didn't know. I didn't want that knowledge to taint their opinion of him because they loved him so much and were so excited and I was like oh if they find out it's just gonna ruin everything and they're they're just gonna despise him they're gonna tell me to break up with him like I did not want to tell my family Mm -hmm. (laughs) and this experience kind of forced my hand I kind of had to tell them right and because you can't just be like we're gonna cancel our wedding and like not tell you why right so yeah you kind of had to yeah, so they they were in the loop and they were very loving and very supportive. But then, of course, as we're going home for Christmas, we just found out this hard news. 
um, we had to sit down with both of our sets of siblings Mm -hmm. and tell them, hey, this is why we need to postpone the wedding. And this is what's going on. And so it was kind of just immediate family that knew the circumstances. Um, Our families helped us spread the word to aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody else that, hey, don't come out in a couple days where we have to change plans. And of course, like people assume the worst. They're like, are they okay? Did they break up? Uh Like they might not get married anymore or whatever. Yeah. Our parents were like, you might want to make like a Facebook post or something like broadcast so that everyone can see like you're together, you're smiling. Uh Like it's just like postponed a little bit. Yeah. How did your families react to that? Do you feel like they had a good reaction? Like you were kind of hoping or was it harder? Did they try to sway you guys one way or another? They were really amazing and really supportive. Our parents were very supportive and very understanding. Um, They just kind of took our news and they didn't add to any of the sorrow or the guilt or, you know, any of the emotions we were already feeling. They were like, we know this is hard. Mm -hmm. We're going to let you deal with it. What do you need us to do? And, you know, kind of helped take care of the miscellaneous tasks that come along with postponing your wedding Mm -hmm. and kind of taking some of those distant family members who are like, well, why? Yeah. I know the details and, you know, kind of buffering that and just saying, nope, like they just need to. Yeah. And (laughs) yeah, our siblings kind of asked some questions Mm -hmm. uh, because it was them learning about his addiction as well. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of discomfort in that, (laughs) Um, you know, it's something new and strange for them, but they all still took him in, you know, they all love him very much and were able to give us all hugs and kind of that little emotional support we needed then. Good. That is so sweet. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of the crazy week of our engagement. Yeah, that was Um, big. And at that point, we didn't have time frame. We didn't know you mm-hmm. can get married in a week or a month or a year. We had yeah. no idea how long we'd have to wait. And so we just kind of kept going, kept working on things. We had to figure out a little bit of a messy housing situation because right. we both yeah. sold our single housing contracts. That's and true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So James actually had some family that lived close that he was able to hang out in their basement. Oh, good. (laughs) And I was in our apartment that we had signed up for, um, signed a lease for. Uh Um, And so we kind of just kept going, kept working, had the semester going. And then a couple weeks into the semester, um, he had a meeting with his take president and he said, okay, I feel like you're ready now. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you think we could set a date for? And we were like, what? So we we're like, well, what about, you know, two weeks from now on a Friday? Uh-huh. And he said, yep, let's shoot for that. Wow. <laughs> so then, you know, that took our family support again yeah. to throw together and something, yeah. Wedding plans in two weeks. <laughs> and it ended up much smaller mm-hmm. and simpler. 
than I had originally dreamed, but it was the perfect day. And it really happened the way that it needed to. And at this point, I maybe would have changed some of the stress beforehand, Mm -hmm. but of the actual day, I wouldn't change a thing. That is so sweet. I just love hearing that. That's amazing that you guys were able to be so adaptable and flexible to cancel it, postpone it, and then get married (laughs) two weeks later after everything kind of had you know, collapse. None of your plans were like coming through and then you had a different wedding than you expected. But like you said, it was just amazing and you wouldn't have changed it. I'm sure it's just such a special experience and such a special memory for you guys, even though it didn't go exactly according to plan. Yeah. And I thought a little bit, I was a little worried at the time that talking about my wedding would be hard or awkward Mm -hmm. and would bring up those questions of like, well, why did you have to do that? And that's so weird. And, you know, you only had, you know, like 10 people at your wedding, like that's weird. And then this year came. Yeah. So many people had to postpone down and have that really minimal wedding experience. Yeah. I felt in a way fortunate that I could relate. So I feel like since we've been married, it's been a whole other roller coaster Mm -hmm. (laughs) of working with his addiction. Yeah. Because like we talked about, it brings out a whole new level of meaning um, in our families. And after we got married, he had a really good long stretch of sobriety. Yeah. And I guess at that point I was kind of like, okay, like this was a really hard circumstance to have to go through. We had a big consequence, like he's going to be a changed man. Yeah. Like we're not going to have to worry about this anymore. Like we learned our lesson kind of thing. Yeah. And then he had a relapse Yeah, and I was devastated. I was torn apart. Um, I had all this additional weight of the covenants and the promises that we'd already made. Yeah. And so that was really hard. And so we've kind of taken things in stride. Um, I think since we've been married, we've dived into the reasons behind his addiction and seen how his addiction is not just pornography, but that he has kind of behavioral addictions in the way that he copes with things. Mm-hmm. And in some mental attitudes and, you know, different things that you wouldn't think would be tied to pornography at all. Yeah. But pornography is kind of how he dealt with things. And I think that was new for me because, I don't know, especially like as a youth and growing up, people are like, oh yeah, pornography is bad. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, well, why would you look at pornography? Like, why would you have a problem with that? Yeah. Like you must just like it, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You know? And then to see like the reality of it is I think most addicts to pornography, they don't like it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't mm-hmm. bring them joy, but it is addictive. It yeah. causes a reaction that puts them into the kind of this vicious cycle of relapses because they don't know how to deal with the pornography and these negative things that they've done. Mm-hmm. And it drags you in and you do it again and again. So it was really enlightening as we were married to look at some of those underlying things that I got to learn about things that James didn't know about his addiction and about himself. At a certain point in kind of talking about boundaries, we made a lot of changes to lifestyle and 
he felt like he really wanted to see a counselor and he'd Mm -hmm. seen some counselors before and hadn't necessarily found a great fit. So we were able to find a counselor who was wonderful, meshed really well with James, um, really helped him. And again, it was almost like going to the group meetings again, that he would go to these counseling sessions and would come home and he'd be like, oh my goodness, like we talked about A, B, and C, and I figured out all this stuff and I have Mm -hmm. all this direction. Um, And again, really enlightening because they weren't sitting there talking about pornography or relapses. They were talking about, you know, stress over graduating, stress over careers, how my husband was going to apply to graduate school, Mm -hmm. like all these other things, but it really helped him gain perspective on his addiction mm-hmm. and make changes that were a little bit closer to the root yeah. and not just the kind of superficial, like, okay, well, like maybe I need to, you know, put some locks and restrictions on my smartphone yeah, or, yeah. you know, different things like that. So yeah. he's since been doing better and better progressively, um, which has been awesome to see. Um, And it really has been a direct result of those deeper changes that he's been making. More lasting changes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think early on, I kind of had this thought that, you know, he might never be free of the potential for a relapse Mm -hmm. to have to keep working on this. He'll always have to keep working on it. Um, So my hope for him is that every period of sobriety is a little bit longer that his relapses will be more and more spread out as he learns to overcome these challenges and these character weaknesses. And so it's, it's been good to see him do that. Um, He's been doing really well. We were a little nervous with having a baby because Mm -hmm. we've heard a lot of shared experiences Mm -hmm. about how kids are a huge change and huge Mm -hmm. changes can be stressful and triggering. And um, so we were prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And, and as relapses do come, it helps James be a little bit more introspective and say, okay, what can I work on? Mm-hmm. What was the character flaw that, you know, I hadn't been aware of right. that led to this. Mm-hmm. So we're continually, you know, working on things, reviewing our steps, working the steps. Um, we've been trying to keep going to the call-in meetings. Yeah just with quarantine makes it hard. Baby makes it harder. Makes it hard for sure. Yeah. (laughs) But, but we've tried to continue working on it and I'm excited to keep working on it. Yeah. Well, it just sounds like you guys are doing so amazing. You and James are just an amazing couple and I'm just so proud of both of you. And it just sounds like you guys are working so hard and doing it in a very like loving way, very patient with each other. And that's just really amazing to me that you guys have been working so hard and doing so well, even though this is something that has been difficult for both of you. But I also just wanted to ask you, like I was saying, like you have had so many obstacles that you've had to overcome either when it was like, you're dating, you're engaged, you're putting off your wedding. Now you have to like plan a new wedding in two weeks, like so many different things that you've had to go through. What has helped you cope through those challenges and things that you faced? How have you been able to work through that for yourself? Well, I think 
the kind of 12 step and the support manual that the church have have been very instrumental just in knowing the things that I can do that I can control and really focusing on instead of what he's going through and what I can't control, Mm -hmm. what can I control? How can I be stronger? How can I be better at repenting? How can I grow closer to my savior and kind of trusting in the promise that I have from the Lord that if I do everything I can, that I will still receive all the blessings that I've been Mm -hmm. promised. Yeah. And I'm responsible for me, not responsible for Jane. Right. He's responsible for him Uh and I'm going to support him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to hope with all I've got that he'll make it and he'll be there with me, Mm -hmm. but it's not worth the worry, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I just need to take care of me. I need to take care of my family. And there's just some things that are outside my control and that's okay. Um, I think I've also had some attitudes that I've tried really hard to hold on to Mm -hmm. since the beginning that have been instrumental in kind of our process. Mm -hmm. There is a lot that's hard with trust and forgiveness. And I know that early on, I told James that I want to always forgive him. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when these things happen, when things are hard, just kind of hoping that he has that sure knowledge and trust that I will forgive him mm-hmm. and forgiveness will come from me and that I'll still love him, even if I need a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and I can take that little bit, you know, it, yeah. it's always one of those where if I haven't forgiven him yet, I'll say, you know what, I, I'm not all the way there, but I'm working on it. Yeah. And I still love you, even mm-hmm. though I'm still upset and hurting, but I'm always anticipating getting back to a place where we can trust and love and be open right. and that I'm not going to, that I'm never going to be the one stopping that by yeah. holding grudge, Yeah, you know, and things take time, things take time to heal. And mm-hmm. I think that's been another thing that's been important to keep in mind that, just because we talk about it and have this heart to heart doesn't mean that I'm going to immediately have a hundred percent trust and forgiveness Mm -hmm. that it takes a while. Yeah. And it's okay to let things take some time to heal. Definitely. You need to be rebuilding that trust all the time and forgiveness all the time. It's not just something that will happen instantly all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, again, like, I just think you're so amazing. And that just shows so much about you and about your relationship with Jesus Christ too. Just knowing that like, you can find that forgiveness for James and that you're willing to like work for that. That is so sweet. And I love that you love him so much. That's, that's really inspiring to me. The last thing that I just wanted to ask you about was something that you said earlier to me before we were recording that I just really loved. Um, You said that because of your experiences and everything that you've gone through with postponing your wedding, you were able to truly choose James, even with his addiction. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? What that means for you? Yeah. Um, I think back and kind of reflect on the different phases of our relationship. And when I met James, I, 
I was ready to be married. I yeah. was like, yes, I want to be married. Oh. I want to have this relationship. I want to have my person, my buddy. I thought I was so ready. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like, this is a great guy. He's really cute. And there was kind of that first level of, I want to choose this person. Yeah. And then I feel like as you date, as you go on, you see, you start to see with a little clearer vision. Yeah. Less through the rose tinted glasses of just being Twitter pated and Mm all this person is just so amazing. You start to see, oh no, like, you know, they have bad habits or, you know, they do this thing that drives me up a wall. It's annoying. (laughs) And just little things that you're like, okay, well, am I going to choose to break up with them over this? Or am I going to choose that I'm okay with that? Yeah. I'm okay with this imperfection. So slowly, you know, I feel like you choose your spouse, you choose them you say, yes, I'm willing to live with your imperfection. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, when we had to postpone and it was a direct result of something that he had done, that was devastating. Yeah. That hurt so much. And feeling in that like low of lows and all that pain, I had to think to myself, can I choose him mm-hmm. if this is going to be a part of my life? And, you know, it takes a lot of kind of honesty with yourself. Yeah. I had to be really introspective and really honest with myself. And think, do I love James enough that I will choose to love him, mm-hmm. that I will choose to have him be mine, even if it hurts this much, and even if it's hard. And, you know, I decided, yes, yes, I love him just that much and more, that I'm willing to go through things that are painful to have him in my life. And there are things that you know, we are constantly rebuilding trust and forgiving again and again. That's, that's a constant thing. I think even outside of relationships where you're dealing with an addiction, Mm -hmm. all relationships, you have to do that. Yeah, of course. And so then it's one of those things where I had to also choose not only to love James, but to, to see and recognize the things that he was doing to earn my trust Mm, yeah and earn my forgiveness and I think it's so easy when we are hurt to just say oh well you've hurt me so I get to be upset now (laughs) but it's another thing that's very humbling and a really amazing experience to say I'm hurt right now I'm going to actively try (laughs) to see the good Mm -hmm. to see the efforts that you're making, to see how, you know, you're willing to set boundaries and love me and give me space and, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the sacrifices that James makes to earn that trust back. And then I can take that and say, okay, yes, I can give you a little bit more trust. Mm -hmm. I can continue choosing him because I choose to recognize the things that he's working on. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. I think there's so much power in that, especially because a lot of women that I've talked to, 
have found out about their husband's addictions well into their marriage, you know, so they choose to get married to their husband, then later find out about their addiction and they're already married. So they're kind of like, whether we like it or not, we're in this marriage together and now we have to kind of deal with it. So I just think that is so powerful that you knew about all of his addiction. You knew all of his weaknesses in those ways and you still chose to get married to him and you still chose, like, essentially you chose to take on that pain and that hurt and some of those times of distress and the difficult things that come with having an addiction or having a spouse who has an addiction. And that just is so amazing to me that you were willing to do that because you love James so much and because you felt so much hope that it could get better and that you guys could do that together. And I just think that's something that so many couples need to hear is that there is hope in addiction. There is hope with supporting someone and loving someone who has an addiction. And even though there is pain, there is a lot of those really difficult things that comes with addiction, there is always hope. I just love that you had that hope and you felt from the beginning that that's what you wanted to choose. And that just shows so much about how much you love James. And I just think that he is so lucky to have you as a support person. You are just so amazing. And I admire you so much for your story and for your commitment to James, your commitment to the gospel and just everything that you've shared today. You have just been so inspiring. And I think that you'll help a lot of women because you've shared so much wonderful advice for all of those women. So thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing those things. I know that it can kind of be sensitive to talk about your husband's addiction and postponing your wedding and things like that. So thanks so much for being willing to share that. Well, thank you. And it is exciting to get to share because I think that was one thing seeing the 12 step group, we're all in this, Mm -hmm. you know, and if we can support one another, I know the support that I've been given from you and from other women has been invaluable. So it's one of those where we kind of do, we got to pass it on because it's a crazy world and these things unfortunately are not going to go away. Mm -hmm. So if we're in it, we might as well be in it together. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I just love, like you said, like at the meetings, sharing portion is my favorite, you know, being able to hear stories of the women and of the men who are being vulnerable and sharing their stories, but also not even just sharing only the hardships, but sharing that hope that I felt from you today. So thank you so much for sharing. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and to hear your story. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to rate and review this podcast as well as share it with everyone you know. For information about the church's 12-step and support meetings, please visit arp.churchofjesuschrist.org. We encourage everyone to find a sponsor or support person. If you have any questions, feedback, are looking for a sponsor, or would like to be a sponsor, please contact us at sobrietypodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for more guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed, please contact us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.